Hey, Mark. What up? Is this program legal advice? No. No. Never. Never. Never legal advice. If you need legal advice, go hire your own lawyer, you cheap bastard. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. And welcome to episode five of the Hostile Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Dennis. How's it going? It's gone great. The rain seems to have stopped this morning and the sun's come out and that's unusual in Portland in November. It is. We should... What are we doing in here? We're recording the podcast, dude. Yeah, but we could be outside enjoying the nice, sunny, 40-degree day. Well, I thought it would be cool to come into what you're... <laughs> it looks like <laughs> an explosion has hit your basement, and it's... Uh, basement? Do you mean the hostile work environment studio? Yeah, the hostile work environment yeah. studio, studio. The underground yes. <laughs> hostile work environment studio seems to have had an explosion of wine. Well... It's actually not an explosion of wine, but we did have a small catastrophe here earlier this um, weekend. Um, it turns out that the drain pipe from the kitchen sink that's directly above the hostile work environment studio slash wine cellar um, broke. <laughs> oh, no. So when... You ran water out of the kitchen sink. It went down the sink and you thought all was good, except what it was really doing was then running into the wall and then down the wall into the cabinet behind you and then through all the stuff in the cabinet down onto the floor where we had several cardboard boxes full of wine that we bought a weekend ago, soaking all of those boxes, the floor, all the stuff on the on well, the that's cabinet. Funny yeah. cuz I've been down here an hour and it does not smell. No, it actually smells pretty good. It smells pretty normal. It usually smells like a litter box. It and, does. Actually, I don't you know. smell the cats down here this yeah, time. Yeah, it's, so. it's kind of nice. So, this should happen more often. Because yeah, maybe because I had a fan in here and was airing it out all weekend, but hence the disarray. And here's the other thing, we can't get a plumber in here. Why not? They won't fit? No, well, <laughs> I haven't seen the plumber yet. Okay. Um, and they don't have to come down here because it's the pipes upstairs. I can, I can show you it to you later. Yeah. Um, but it's like a hole you can stick two fingers into. It's a giant gaping hole. I had to tear a big hole into the wall to find out what, what's going on. But then there's like this two inch pipe that burst open, but we can't get a plumber out here until Wednesday. So here we are. Here we are. Anyway, hence the complete and total disarray. All right. Well, uh, I, I appreciate the explanation. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you were wondering. It's a total mess down here. Yeah. So, that said, do we have anything interesting to talk about today? What, that wasn't interesting enough for you? Well, I thought, you know, people probably don't tune in just to hear, like... Stories about our... Home... Podcast Central. Decay and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got, um, I got an interesting case to talk about today. All right, lay it on us. So, so this is a case that actually has been in the news this month. It just it just came out in a Washington Post article on November first. And uh, are you you're you're not a huge basketball fan, are you? Um, college basketball, I I dig. Um, 
I was a huge fan of women's college basketball back when I was in school because I had a friend of mine on our college team at the U of O. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, this transitions nicely then because oh, well, this good. is this is a story about women's college basketball. Excellent. So, as I kind of read through the the Washington Post article here, I'm just going to kind of summarize a few of the facts. So, this is the story of Camille Lenoir, who used to be in the WNBA. She okay. played for the Washington Mystics. Cool. Um, and uh, since her career as a player ended, she's looked at turning her career into um, coaching and uh, working with younger players. Um, she recently accepted a job at uh, the, I believe it's the University of New Mexico. And as she was about to board a plane to come down and start the job, she got a phone call from uh, her new boss um, saying, don't, don't come. Don't come. Don't come. The reason they said not to come was because they had watched an online video that she had posted in 2011. Oh, no. In which she never had... Never good. No, never good, right? Um, it, what you put out on the internet stays out on the internet. Yeah. So. Basically, you should never put out anything on the internet ever. Like a podcast? No, it's nothing in <laughs> which you speak, especially unscripted. So... What she talks about in this in this uh, uh, YouTube video. YouTube video, I think it was, uh, is her playing career, her religious faith, and her sexuality. Okay. Now, for most of her career, she identified as gay. Oh, as do a very significant proportion of women's basketball players. Uh, and she was open about. She this. was open about that, yeah. as were many, as were many others. At some point in the last seven or eight years. She stopped being gay and identifies as straight. Okay. All right. And in this video, she came out and said that she believed that homosexuality was quote unquote wrong and not worth losing your soul over. Hmm. All right. So with those facts, upon finding this video online, the university said, don't bother coming. So they retracted the job offer. They retracted the job offer. Wow. And she's claiming roughly two claims. And it looks like she has filed a claim in district court in New Mexico saying, one, that they're discriminating against her based on her actual sexual orientation of being straight. Interesting. And second, they're discriminating against her based on her deeply held religious belief. The deeply held religious belief that homosexuality is wrong. Correct. Wow. So, this has just been filed. We don't know if these facts are true or not true, but this is what's been reported. Sure. And I thought this was topical and timely for the podcast to talk about today because I think it really gets to some interesting areas of the law that we are seeing come to the forefront a little bit more these days, especially as we start to see a lot of people out there saying, you're discriminating against my deeply held religious belief. That happens to also mean that I like discriminating against other people. Not like, but that, but that my I do. belief is, my, that, my, is that one kind of person is better than another kind of person. Or at least one kind of person is engaging right. in some sort of sinful behavior just based on who they are. Right. And it may just happen to be that that behavior is protected. Wow. Right. Or discrimination based on that behavior is not permitted. Right. So I thought that each, actually both of the claims here 
are interesting in very different yeah. ways. So let's start, I think, let's talk about discrimination based on her actual sexual orientation, that she was gay, and now she's no longer gay, yeah. identifies as straight, and she's claiming, you're not hiring me because I changed my sexuality back to being straight again. Now, is this, is her argument that I'm being discriminated against because I am heterosexual? Correct. Or is it that I am discriminated against because my sexual orientation has changed? I read it more, more the to former. be the former, but you know, if I, you know, and I don't have a copy of the complaint here, but you know, any good, any good plaintiff is going to choose every theory that they oh, have available to them. So, yeah. so assume that both of them are there. Well, on the first one, I find it interesting just because I don't know that I've ever run into the so-called reverse discrimination claim based on sexual orientation. And reverse discrimination is what we call the idea that, um, somebody who is in the majority group ends up being discriminated against because of that status. Right. So it, we see it in race discrimination claims quite a bit where a white employee is claiming they were discriminated against on the basis of their race. And right. That comes up in all sorts of different contexts, but very often in, in a work environment where the majority of individuals there are not white. Right. And the white individual feels singled out. Right. So what we'll call that reverse discrimination. Right. Or I've also seen it when a male employee is alleging that they were discriminated against and that women were treated more favorably. Right. Or we'll see it in some states for younger employees. Yeah. But right. what I've never seen is the is the, the claim that the, the straight person was discriminated against. Because they were straight. Because they're straight. And what's what's interesting here is I don't think she's alleging that like, the University of New Mexico is run by some sort of all gay conspiracy, right? Right. I think it's specific uh, to women's college basketball. Just this fits one job to her, right? Fits into her claim that this specifically for this job, because in this particular area, there's a belief that more individuals who participated in are gay. In fact, yeah. there are some parts of the article that talked about that there's a belief that it's a vast majority of players in women's basketball. Maybe an exaggeration. Right. I believe that to be maybe an exaggeration, but that's what But there's, there's a, perception. a certain perception in the world right? that, that a lot of gay women play basketball, which we're fine with gay women and basketball, and the two combined. We think that's great. But it sounds like they're saying they got a little buyer's remorse. Like the University of New Mexico was like, hey, we got a gay basketball coach until they found out they didn't. You th Do you think it sounds like that? It sounds like that. Whether that happened or not, I have my doubts. Well, I have my doubts too. And, and, and I think that actually might be a good transition into the second point here, which I think from a legal perspective far is, more interesting. is far more interesting. Because what they specifically say is, we saw the video and she said things on the video that were discriminatory against gay people. Yeah. Specifically that they're going to bad places when they die. Wow. Right? And that it's wrong. And that it's morally wrong. Okay. So that brings us to a question now, right, of what's the intersection between discrimination law and religious belief in employment? Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording 
And one of the wonderful things about this particular case is we don't know the answer to this. Yeah. But there's a lot of really interesting facets to talk about, which is why we chose this yeah. case to talk about. It doesn't about mean today. we don't have opinions. We just right. don't know the answer. And, you know. Because I think it's, it's, it's blazing some new, some new areas on the law here. Yeah. Potentially. So let's unpack it a little bit. What I think is initially the, the question I would have initially is, You've got a coach who has expressed a certain anti-gay belief. Now, let's say that you have a gay or multiple gay players. Does that mean that that coach cannot effectively and non-discriminatorily coach those gay players? I think that that I mean, that's a really simple question with a really complicated answer. Yeah, because. I guess my first question would be, do the players know about the belief? It's out there on YouTube. Right. So let's assume yes. If I'm going to get a new coach, I'm going to Google that coach. Right. So there's direct and indirect ways in which it impacts. Right. You could have an argument or a situation here where there's no direct discrimination. She's not going out there and saying, I'm not going to play you because of your sexual orientation. Or I'm going to, I'm not going to put you on the team because of your sexual orientation. Yeah. Or I'm going to even say anything about your sexual orientation. Right. Or do anything because right that that leads directly back to that. But if the players all know that she bears that that bias, isn't there already damage done? And what if it's out there and maybe some prospective basketball student sees that video or hears about that video and says, yeah. I was thinking of going to the University of New Mexico for right. college to play to play college basketball there. And now I'm not so sure. Or it could even be a straight student who simply disagrees with that particular Absolutely. It doesn't view. have to be a gay student. Yeah. Maybe they have gay teammates. Maybe they don't mind having gay teammates, but they do mind having who they perceive to be a homophobic coach. And that's going to discourage them away. But is that enough? That fear that it may have a discouraging impact, is that enough to have the University of New Mexico withdraw the job offer? And not face a discrimination lawsuit. So here's a really interesting question. I'll put right back to you to try to get to the bottom of that question. Yeah. Is the discrimination here or is the decision happening here? Because there is a discrimination of a form happening. I'm not saying it's a legal discrimination. Right. right? But is the decision making happening here because of her religious belief or because of her belief that a certain class of individuals that may be protected is going to hell? That, that those are two in my mind you can separate those out to be two separate things one I is, think you can one yeah. is a religious belief and one is one is just a belief about a, a discrimination or a discriminatory belief about a certain classification of individuals now it might be based on that religion or that religious belief but which of those is it because of her religious belief or because she stated really well, bad things about some of the players potentially okay I think what you just said is really interesting so let me let me pose a hypothetical to you. Sure. That'll I think help parse this. What if she came along and said, "Oh, I'm an atheist. I just think gay people are terrible." Would we even care from a legal standpoint or could New Mexico just say like, "Nope, we're done with you." I don't think then that we have a real big issue here from a legal perspective. Right. We'd be done, right? We'd There's no discrimination done. if There's, they say, "Nope, you're a homophobe, we're done with you." Right. So if that same scenario comes along and you replace that, hey, I'm an atheist with, 
hey, I'm super religious and I think that because, gay people are terrible. Because of my religion. Because of my religion. I think that's where we both struggle with this. I, I think that that starts to get into the potential protected area for her. So... I, 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 you know, as somebody who does not believe that thing, I don't want it to. But can, I, I, from a pure legal perspective, yeah. it's I'm struggling with that. I think the answer ends up being: Can she do the job effectively and still hold her religious belief? I'll give you an example from real life that I dealt with once. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. It will sound insane. True, well, true I'm story. Just, I'm just used to hearing that kind of story from you. I had a client once who employs pharmacists. They had a pharmacist who refused to fill certain prescriptions because that pharmacist had a religious belief that certain drugs worked through the power of witchcraft. And they said... <laughs> Sorry. The yeah. drugs themselves acted through the power of witchcraft. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I heard that right. Certain drugs are only effective because they harness the power of Satan for their efficacy. To, th th this was their truly was, held okay. sincere religious belief. Fair enough. The question then became, can they effectively work as a pharmacist if they can't fill certain prescriptions? And well, I would say if filling those prescriptions is part of the job duties yeah. and the religious belief gets in the way of it, then there's not really much of a question for me. Right. You're simply not qualified to do this job. Right. So in this, this coaching... a little different for me. I don't yeah. know. Because if is part of the job coaching all students equally regardless of sexual orientation? If the answer to that is yes, and I think it is, then I think we look at the coach and we would ask her. Yeah. This yeah. is your job. And I think that's actually a good point Can here. Can you do it? The university should have asked her that. Yeah. They should have said, we found this video, right? It doesn't reflect well as far as our belief in terms of, of discrimination right. and non-discrimination, right? You made that video six years ago, though. How do you feel about these things now? And would you be willing to publicly say otherwise? From what you said in that video, or take the video down. Or at least be able to say, regardless of my religious beliefs, I am going to coach every single player equally. Equally. I think that, I mean, I, I think legal issues aside, that would have been a wise thing for the university to do here. Yeah. Here's another angle, though, to, to be thinking about is that the University of New Mexico is obviously a public employer. Their employees have First Amendment rights. That's, that's true. And so even regardless of the religious angle, you've got a state employee who is exercising her First Amendment rights to share her political, social, moral, ethical views. And just to be clear, that still extends to her, even though she hasn't technically been hired yet? I well. Ah, that's an interesting issue. Neither of us have done a ton of Actually, public work. Of we don't. Public, we right? avoid it we, like the plague right? for exactly this reason. Um, but that's another interesting side point here, which is this would have been different also if she was already an employee and took some act against an employee, against a, a student. Yeah. Right. There's also another overlay here, which I don't even feel like we need to get into. The students aren't employees. The students are not. 
Um, so they'd be discriminated against a non-employee, theoretically. But there's a whole bunch of laws that, that protect students from right. discrimination. They're separate from the ones you and I typically deal for with. For employment, employment law. But so. it's just another element of this that, that makes it unique and interesting. So here's another thought. She used to identify as gay... It sounds to me like she had a religious conversion or a religious experience that made her decide that that was, you know, morally inappropriate and then is now identifying as straight. And I'm going to set aside, you know, I'm sure we could debate all day whether that's even possible. What I'm more interested in is now... She's in a coaching position where she is leading, helping form female students. Assuming that she had female students who identify as gay and then began converting them. What sort of issues does that raise? Because oh, I wonder if that was seriously. what New Mexico was afraid of, is that, like, here's somebody who's, you know, we've, we've heard of, like, the gay conversion therapy type stuff right. that's often done by churches. Are they afraid that she's going to go into the coaching student scenario and in that setting try to convert her gay students to become straight? So let's say they are afraid of that. Yeah. Why can't they ask her? Uh, that's a great question. Why can't they talk to her about it? It's also it's different when you haven't even hired her yet, or you have you've said you're going to hire, but she hasn't right. started working yet. You've extended an offer, right? And she's accepted it, but the employment has not begun yet, right? Right. To say we have some concerns before we actually completely pull the trigger on this. Yeah. We should talk about this because here's what we're worried about. And we, right, if you're going to work here, then then maybe you don't do that. You don't do that. Yeah, that's right? off so, limits. So, again, all, so many of the cases that we talk about are about what are the better ways that an employer can handle the situation as opposed to simply pulling triggers in various ways yeah. without getting full information. And it, as far as the facts here tell us, based on an article, yeah. there was no conversation about it. No. They found the video and they decided, you know, we're just not going to do that. Based on that, we're withdrawing the offer. Right. So just like some of the religious accommodation cases we talked about in further and er, sorry, earlier episodes. Yeah. Right. There was probably a way out of this. There was probably a way to talk about this and have it work out or to have more information where your potential employee says, you know what? I can't treat those people equally. And then you're on really solid footing, or yeah. at least more solid footing. Maybe this is not the job for you. Would you agree? Right. Because I'll tell you, the best thing that you can always do is to get somebody else to come to the conclusion that they are not the right fit rather than have you come to the conclusion that they're not the right fit. That's right. So that's an interesting case. Yeah, I find this fascinating. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out over time. I actually hope it doesn't settle because I'd love to see. Yeah, I would love to see the legal analysis. I'd I'd love love to see what a judge does with this. And I think that especially in the age of of. Trump and and the the sense I think from a large part of the country that 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 certain um, religious beliefs are not being respected currently. Yeah, I think you're going to see more litigation like this out there. I suspect you're right. So, Mark, I've got one last question for you about this case. I'm sure. What part of that case was funny? N- none of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, okay. Actually, I actually thought that, that the discussion of, of, of the pharmacist was, was actually, that was kind of funny. That was actually pretty funny, right? But, but we didn't choose this case to be funny today. We chose no. this because it's current and it's topical and it's the most interesting discussion that we can have right now for all of you and for us. Yeah. And that's, that's as fun as anything else. All right. So, but I promise right after this break, we'll be back and we'll be much funnier. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Mark, if our listeners have too much money, how can they get rid of some of it? They can give it to us. That's a brilliant idea. How do they do it? They can go to our Patreon campaign. It's www.patreon.com slash H-W-E. Cool. And we're they're not just going to give us money for nothing, right? We're going to give them something in return. Yeah, there's going to be stuff on there. Dates with Dennis. Um, Dates with Mark. Dates. Uh, dates. Apparently. Double dates. Double dates. Oh, you. If you're twins. <laughs> Only if you're twins. Dennis will record your voicemail message. Yeah. Uh, and other things. Mark will do your homework. Sure. So, Mark. Yes, Dennis. I have something for you that I think might be a little funnier. A little funny. Okay, that's good. Because we promise people to be funny on the, And the bar was, you know, that's a pretty low bar because our last segment wasn't terribly funny. But I at least find this one is. So, I don't know if everybody listened to last episode, but last episode we talked about how all the sex harassment stuff is in the news lately, right? Yeah. So here's one. Here's a company that's got a creative solution to that. They're called Barstool Sports. And as far as I can tell, they run like a, a website and a blog. And they consider themselves to be in the entertainment industry, right? Sure. Well, they have a certain agreement that they want their employees to sign before they start working. Okay. And it says, I understand that Barstool Sports is involved in the entertainment industry. I further understand that because their business requires a creative working environment, including exposure to offensive speech, I may be exposed to conduct and speech that openly and explicitly relates to sex, as well as race, sexual orientation, gender, national origin, religion, disability, and age. I acknowledge that I may be privy to conversations where offensive speech, e.g. their work, scripts, or roles that involves nudity, Sexual scenarios, racial epithets, suggestive gestures, profanity, and references to stereotypes is utilized. It goes on to say that I understand and acknowledge that part of my job is that I'll be exposed to speech and conducts that explicitly relates to sex. What, and what, finally... Do they make bar stools? Finally. <laughs> what do they actually do? It's a website company. It's just All they do is they make websites? No, no, they, they, they make content about sports. Oh, they just write, okay. They just, like, There's they no have videos. And, no, okay, they don't, they don't like, make, like, a I'm like, what sports. kind of workplace is this? And finally, the, the agreement ends, I expressly agree and represent that I do not object to being exposed to such speech and conduct and do not find it otherwise offensive or objectionable and that I am willing to work in such an environment. So, so let me get this right. Yeah. So basically, it sounds to me at some level like Barstool Sports or whatever they are is trying to contract around. Yes. 
uh, sexual harassment or a hostile work environment. Yes, it's exactly so what they're doing. I'm signing a contract that say, basically says you can't harass me or because I agree that the things you might say to me are not offensive to me. Yeah. And they're not severe. They're not pervasive. They're not any of those things. It's free game. It's in, it's interesting to me. This is either brilliant or the most reprehensible thing I've well, ever heard of. So, so yeah. So here's here's and an it interesting, could be both. Here's an interesting question. So they're trying to say almost. Now we talked about BFOQs in an earlier right, episode. Right, a bona fide occupational qualification. So they're basically trying to say that the nature of their work is such that there's no way to avoid being exposed to hostile or offensive or sexually inappropriate things as part of the job environment because of the specific nature of what they do, which is why I asked about that before, right? Such that you you can't do the job without that, right? And one one of the interesting things about that is, does the language actually go far enough to say, I agree that I can't be harassed, right? And I think some of that is I can be exposed to to information or writing or video or other things that certain individuals might find to be offensive. Yeah. And that is part of the job. Right. right? As opposed to my manager said, have sex with me or be fired. Right. Right. And I don't think that the agreement necessarily goes that far, but... It could very easily be interpreted to. And so I think that there's an interesting distinction to be made there, but that's hilarious. I mean, that's 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 taking it another step than when anything I've ever heard before. Yeah. So I've thought about this a little bit, and I think I'm right in that it's genius and it's also the most reprehensible thing. Oh yeah. I think it's both of those. But the genius part of it, I think, and part of the what you need to understand here is that barstool sports seems to have a certain humorous content that is predicated on some of the more like offensive type stuff and having your employees acknowledge up front that that is your business, I think is the legitimate part of it. Absolutely. I I agree. It's kind of like, forgive the analogy, but if you're going to hire a waitress at Hooters, there's a certain, you know, you, you know what you're getting into to go to work at Hooters, right? So they want people but here to know what they're getting into. That doesn't mean that your boss can specifically oh, right. harass you or that you are going to be subject to people grabbing or leering or making offensive comments or any of that stuff. It's really limited to you're going to wait tables wearing a tight top and short shorts. Right. You can't contract around the law. You can't contract around the law. What you can say is that this is an environment that is related to the job and that I am agreeing to do that job in that environment. So where I think it's really reprehensible, the way it's written basically reads, we run this place like a frat house, and if you don't like it, get out. And that's the part I find really reprehensible. And they're trying to go beyond what is necessary for the job and into, we just don't want anybody raising these harassment claims against us. We want to continue to be a frat house, so sign away your rights and... 
Yeah, so, I don't think courts are going to put up with that. So brilliantly despicable? Or brilliantly despicable. Despicably brilliant. Both. <laughs> good case. I, I like that one. Yeah. Good, good, not All a case, right. but you know. Yeah. We will be right back after these messages. Hey, Dennis. Mark. So, uh... Time for our, our listener submitted mail segment. Ah, oh, my favorite segment. And and what's wonderful is now that we're a few episodes in, we actually have some. Which is great because nobody's actually listened to this episode yet, or this or podcast. any episode yet. But we've yeah. been putting the putting the call out online, and and we've had a few uh, a few responses. So it's actually so. mail from future listeners. That's right. Not mail from the future, which would be way more awesome, but also <laughs> unlikely. It strikes me as very unlikely. All right. Um, so, so this is interesting, but before I read the actual note that I received, which is only, it's only a few lines long, you ever have to watch one of those sexual harassment videos that like it's, it's, it's 2017, but the video is like on an old VHS and they wheel like the TV in. Oh and, God. Only and it's with like from the eighties. I've only watched those every time I change jobs. They're right. Terrible. Like, you got to go and you sit through the training and, and they've got the, the women with the big poofy eighties hair and the wearing guy gray suits and right. pastel pink. Yeah. And, and oh, the guy wearing yeah. the three piece suit and it's super formal and, yeah. And it's so poorly acted, but then maybe sometimes you'll see like somebody who became an actor, a famous actor, like later on down the road or. But only if you watch porn, cause that's probably the <laughs> well, only place that, you're going to but... get a job after you're in a harassment video. But. All right. So with that in mind. With, yeah. Or so, not, cause that was. Terrible. Well, not that last bit, but no. the, the part about the videos, right? So, yeah. so I, I hear from, from a contact of mine on LinkedIn. And, and he sends me a note. He says, did you ever see that harassment on the workplace video that's really inappropriate? Really? And I'm like, no, Sh- send me the link. Send me right? the link. So he's, and I was like, is it intentionally inappropriate or is it just like poorly produced? He's like, all right. So here's what, here's what he writes. He yeah. says, it's intentionally inappropriate. He says, it's, it's a hilarious story that got him to, to find this. He says, so years ago, he was working at a job. And they'd gone from like five employees in, in to 75 employees in a year. Wow. So rapid growth. Rapid growth. And the CEO had been told by somebody, I don't know if a lawyer or somebody in HR or, or a friend that, you know, you've got to do some more HR related stuff. You know, once you start having employees and you have employment laws that apply to you, you maybe you have should have like policies, policies and some trainings and, and some stuff like that. So he decides that he needs to have a sexual harassment training. So he goes on like YouTube. Prevention training. Prevention training. Not how to. Of course. Although this video, it sounds like, may verge into the Well, we're going to get there in a second. So, so he goes on like YouTube and he just types in sexual harassment training video <laughs> and clicks on the first thing that comes up and starts watching it. Yeah. And watches just a couple minutes of it. And it looks like exactly like one of those completely legitimate sexual harassment prevention training videos right. that he you and I have like seen. Some bad graphics and hokey synthesizer music and was like, hey, this is good. This is the real deal. All right. And sends it out to the entire company and says, you all have to watch this. Oh God. But he'd only watched the first minute of it. <laughs> so within a couple of minutes, my friend says, the entire office is 
uproariously laughing. Oh, no. And he's like, what's going on? And goes and watches the video and then starts going around the office screaming, delete it, delete it, delete it. He sent me a link to the video. Yeah. That's the end of his message. But he sends me a link to the video. And I have watched the video. And I want to be very clear that in every way that would have a CEO running around the office screaming, delete, delete, delete. It is, it's offensive. It's got every four letter word you can possibly think of in it eventually. But what's brilliant about it is that the first two minutes of it seem completely legitimate. And it's got the actors and they're, they're talking about workplace issues and it's awkward in the way that one of those videos would actually be awkward until it goes beyond that. So it draws you in. It draws you in completely. We will be putting, or there should already be when you hear this, a link to this video in the show notes, but it will be heavily disclaimed. Do not watch it at work. Don't watch it at work. Don't watch it with your kids around, but. I have to admit, don't I don't watch it on your phone in church. Right. I, I knew what was going to happen and I still, I was shocked and I was rolling on the floor laughing. I will admit nice. I am that sort of person. I was rolling on the floor laughing when I saw this video. <laughs> so, uh, go to the show notes, uh, at hwepodcast.com. Uh, send us your stories, stories at hwepodcast.com. Check out hostile work environment podcast on facebook and join our facebook group uh at the website you can sign up for our mailing list i think i already said that yeah and um we'll be coming back at you again next week uh with another episode great thanks for listening to episode five if you've made it this far we assume you're hooked um and we appreciate we that. appreciate it all right all right we'll see take you soon. care see you soon